Hi, I'm Sean Mosen. Welcome to the Agatsu Physical Culture Podcast. I'm here with two men so muscular they look like they're action figures. This is, well, don't laugh at me, man. This is intimidating. It's like being in a devil's three-way. All right. I'm here with Willie Albert and Jay Nera. And if you don't know the names, you should. These are men that can lift tremendously heavy weights. Um, let's just get it out of the way because people have the attention span of a grape, so they need to know exactly why they're listening. Uh, Willie, what's your max deadlift you've ever done in a comp? Uh, my max deadlift on record is 325 kilos at a body weight of 82 and a half kilos, which is a WPC World Open record. Okay, now for people that don't understand kilos and they can't do the math. I weigh 181 pounds. I deadlifted 716 pounds. I did do 727, but they did not give it to me. Oh, okay. <laughs> we, can, we can get into it. Okay, so, so you know something about moving some heavy weight. I can pick things up. You can pick things up and yes. then you put them down. Yes. All right. And uh, Jay, another big man, a man so big, if he flexes his arms, he may suck all the oxygen out of the room and knock both of us out. I All right. Out you pass out sometimes. All right. So some numbers. You're you're competing now. You're actively competing, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh, uh, oh yesterday I hit a gym PR squat of seven fifteen. Oh, seven fifteen. This is uh, this is my yeah. best competition is seven twenty seven and a half. All right. So you know this is we're at uh, we're at their gym CrossFit O Town and uh, this is in Ottawa, Canada. Uh, thanks first of all for having me, guys. Um, I wanted to come because the last time I was here, I was giving kettlebell cert and some of the best conversations I've had in a while about training were with Willie and Jay and uh, there was no mic. So we were just talking about training, talking about different things. And I thought, well, it'd be nice if everybody else heard the conversation. So I want to basically just kind of talk with you guys, pick your brains about training. Obviously, you've got probably a lot to say about powerlifting, but there's more that goes on at CrossFit O-Town than just powerlifting. Right, like yeah. we're in the section of the gym right now where this is, I guess, this is your kind of, this is for the heavy duty powerlifter guys, the yeah. and girls in, in this section, right? That's right. Okay, and then the other side, you got the CrossFit stuff going on and everything else. So, what kind of led you both to powerlifting? Well, I started, um, I'll start, I guess. I started with weightlifting when I was young. I uh, just saw guys in the corner of the gym lifting weights and I wanted to do it. A guy pointed me out there, I said hi, started lifting with them. From there, my coach moved, and uh, powerlifting is always the easier of the two animals. Olympic weightlifting is quite a hard beast to master on your own, and being from Canada with no system or support, I found powerlifting a lot easier to do on my own. So I started powerlifting uh, competitively, like entered my first actual contest at uh, 21 years old, and uh, yeah, I've been doing it for the last 10 years, so that's... Basically, out of fluke, I met a couple of people that pushed me in that direction. Yeah. And I'm not the type of guy to say no, so I drove to Toronto, did a meet, went to Canadians, went from there. And I know, Jay, last time when we were talking, it was interesting, you were telling me how you kind of came into it. You just kind of stumbled into it as well. Yeah, I mean, like, like lifting weights, always. I mean, started off just playing basketball and football and wanted to look good for girls in a jersey, so I'm working the arms. Uh, I want to jump really high, so I'm working the legs. Then I got into ball today, so I learned a little bit about... Uh, the Olympic lifts and stuff, and uh, lifting heavy has just always been really fun. And there was this prick at the YMCA <laughs> who used to always say, You can say dick also, if you want. You can say dick. Willie at some point is going <laughs> to say a whole bunch of nasty stuff. No, yeah. no, no, why are you in a competition? And sure. I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, I didn't really get the equipment and powerlifting and stuff. And then one time, this dickhead was like, Oh, there's a thing called raw powerlifting. And I was like, Oh, cool. So I looked it up, and then, uh, that's when it all started. So what's raw? For people that are, are listening, they've got no idea. That's You don't wear a condom? 
This is bareback powerlifting. Okay, no. So I I know Willie's explained this to me, but before Willie explained it, I had no idea because I don't know anything about the world of powerlifting. So uh, you know, I was listening, and I understand that there are there's equipment that you can use, and that some people use when they compete. And uh, one in particular is a shirt, and this helps with the bench press, right? And uh, it stores that elastic energy, and then it, it can make you lift heavier. So, much heavier. Right, you're much using, heavier. You're using the equipment to lift. So there's different stages of equipment. There's single-ply equipment that some federations allow, just single-ply. And then they have what they call multi-ply equipment. Um, it all looks the same when you're looking at it. It all looks like wrestling singlets. Right. Uh, to some extent, they're made out of a very thick, 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 dense polyester material. Um that can really, really enhance your performance if you know how to use the equipment. As you right. distend the fabric, as you distend the, the material, it stores energy and you can use its elastic effect if you want to call elastic effect. I mean, they use canvas and denim. So right. you, you can understand the elastic effect of denim. Sure. Not too, not too pronounced, right? Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, so we lift uh, raw powerlifting. And, and me and Jay have both lifted in equipment. We both lifted in the Canadian Pro-Am in multiply equipment. I lifted in single-ply equipment for many years. And now the last three years raw. So we've experienced it all. And we're able to speak about it because we have lifted in it. Not sure. just put it on. Like, and your preference is to do it raw? Yeah, oh, because it's yeah. for real. Yeah. Yeah. All the guys who talk about 1,000-pound squats, 1,000-pound bench presses, it's bullshit. Like, they, they're not doing it. They're, they're using the equipment. Yeah, right. you can add 100 pounds to your bench. By buying a new shirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah just exactly. Just by virtue yeah. of, of what you're wearing. Out of, out of, like, just to throw numbers out there, and everyone's going to throw different numbers out, uh, me and Jay lifted in equipment for about four to five weeks to get ready for that meet, and we are both put about 300 pounds on our squats with the equipment. Yeah, so, like, that's I a was, huge difference. Yeah, yeah, so I was squatting, like, 850-ish, and Jay's squatting nines, and... Yeah. High nines, almost a thousand. I think you did a thousand in training. Yeah, it's a thousand pounds. But yeah. I mean, the point is, is that it's not, it's not, it's not you. So if you want to compare against guys from the seventies, from the eighties, if you want to compare against legends of physical culture and legendary strongmen and what seven hundred pounds is, yeah. then you have to lift in your underwear like they did. Yeah, you know, I think it's interesting too. Like you mentioned, like we're sitting here and uh, on the walls there are posters from Iron Mind and there's Milo and I know a lot of people that are in gyms now. Now it's more common to have a box gym. Right. They they look like old school gymnasiums. They look like the old school physical culture. You know, gymnasiums where people used to practice the in things the 20s that yeah. And, yeah. But that culture's not there. And the knowledge of that culture in most places is not there. Like, you just mentioned it. You even mentioned the word physical culture. That's, that's an expression most people aren't familiar with. And uh, these legends that you speak of, the old strong men, and even the, the old bodybuilders. They were right? strong men. They were yeah, one and the that's same. that's it. It's one and the same, right? It, it's different. Like, sometimes people would say to me, they're they like, oh, you're not into bodybuilding. You don't like... I was like, I don't have no problem with the word bodybuilding. But when I think of it, I think of different people. I think of Hackenschmidt. I think yeah. of the old school, Klein. you know, guys. Yeah, exactly, Stephen right? Uh, Sandow. You think yeah. of these guys that were, you know, trying to physically perfect skills. Even and as, of course, even as late as, like, as well. Reg Parks and those guys, they competed even... Franco Colombo, Arnold yeah. Schwarzenegger, yeah. they competed. Yeah, we got to give them respect because they definitely yeah. stepped into that world's strongest man. And they yeah, exactly. But like they started a thing that then I think shot off. Like I, I remember as a kid watching, you know, Pumping Iron like everybody else. Yeah. And then that really kind of gives birth to everyone wanting to be a bodybuilder. But they didn't realize when they looked back at a lot of those old guys, those old guys got to look the way they looked. 
because they were doing a lot of what people now just consider like, oh, this is functional, this is this, this is for bodybuilding, this is not for fun. Yeah, those guys were doing everything. They were doing handstands, right? Yeah. They were doing deadlifts. They were doing heavy squats. They weren't just sitting there, you know. Deep do, yes, deep heavy squats. They were doing things really, um, you know, different. And they really cared. They, they were trying different things with diet. They were experimenting with different you things. You can read Sando's diet and like outside of some of the milk that they talk about, then yeah. again, their milk is very different than our milk. Yeah. If I had their milk, I would drink their milk. Yeah, they're talking about raw, raw milk. Raw right? milk, yeah. And they're talking about better quality foods and things like that. So it's, it's But they, they still talked about the inflammation effect of certain sure. foods. They still talked about... And sometimes about, they didn't know, no. but they had a damn good guess. Yeah. They had a really, like you would read their stuff and you'd like the guy, one guy would be saying, you should drink this, you should eat that. And like you said, their food was different. So, okay. You know, it, it's a bit of a different type of prescription. Maybe you wouldn't follow it exactly today. You know, if you're going to buy milk from the store, it was funny. Some I, I just posted something uh, the other day that was annoying me about chocolate milk. I posted uh, that chocolate milk is not a recovery drink. Although no. I know a lot of people now. Although Rich Froning drinks it, it is not a recovery drink. It is. Yeah, it, it says so on the TV. <laughs> yes, and, and uh, some governing bodies from fitness created their official um, recovery drink. So uh, <laughs> listen, I don't know. What I don't say this when I worked. Yeah, actually. Paid us gift certificates to sport, yeah, to not go against it because they're putting chocolate milk on all the cardio machines. Yeah, and stuff. yeah. And they're like, okay, just don't say anything bad about chocolate milk for the next month because we're promoting it. Here's a gift certificate. I think you should say it. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> Fuck it. Why not? Listen, I I don't care if somebody drinks milk or doesn't drink milk. I really don't. I, to me, it's like caring whether you wake up in the morning and hit yourself in the head with a ball peen hammer. Why would I give a shit what you do to yourself? <laughs> I don't care really about it. It's it's up to you. It's a choice. You know. I don't know if we. You know. Listen. I don't know if we don't eat. You know. I don't know if we all eat the same way. But I don't really care what you guys eat. It doesn't affect my life. Why would I get uppity about it? You know. But what I care about is when a so-called fitness professional sits there and tells you you should drink a sugary crap drink after a workout, and then they try to you know, and they're coming from a position of authority. It's called, I, it's called misinformation, and the government's been feeding us misinformation. Yes, for a long time. Since so successfully. Yes. Listen, if you look on my Facebook wall, someone wrote in, an expert wrote in, saying that not only is it not bad and it's a good recovery drink, but what the actual recommendation is, right? And I don't know who she meant the recommendation was from. I, I assume a vegetarian? It's a, a, no, a governing body or some, some governing body or some expert. The actual recommendation post-workout uh, is to have a bagel, this is according to her, a bagel and a chocolate milk. Oh, of course. Right? So... The conversation ended shortly after <laughs> because I don't even justify a listen, bagel and a chocolate. Be, because you know what, I, and <laughs> I don't want to. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, you know, two guys that look like they were literally carved out of stone. I, I don't know, but you, both of you have missed out because yes. if you had been following her advice, yes. right, then seven fifty deadlift. Yeah, your seven fifty deadlift would probably be a good solid one fifty, <laughs> and uh, your body composition would be uh, very interesting. She basically, I think what, what she's doing and what people that think about that stuff is they're thinking about some sort of carb ratio that they believe in, carb to protein ratio. Okay. And they're, first of all, they're, they're not looking like when I said to her, I said, you're prescribing after a workout, somebody have sugar and sugar. There's yeah. sugar in your milk and there's sugar in the bagel. So thing. apart from all the other things about grains, maybe you don't agree about the grain thing. That's okay. Maybe you don't agree about the dairy thing. That's okay too. But you're saying you should have sugar and sugar. And so her answer was, sugars are sugars, whether they're found in fruit or found in something else. O okay, <laughs> e even if we want to play that game, isn't that still insane to say as soon as you finish a workout, load up on as much sugar as you can possibly take? Replenish the glycogen. Yeah. 
Yes. Because everyone's working out so hard that they need 200 grams of carbohydrates post-workout exactly. to replenish all that glycogen. Yes. You're squatting 700 pounds. <laughs> what you need after a workout is way different than what the average person needs. The average person, although, listen, out there you're listening, you think you're busting your ass, you need a glass of water. <laughs> you don't need a recovery drink. You, you, know need what dinner. Your, you know what your recovery drink is? You need to drink some water and eat some food, uh, preferably good food, and take that shake that you were about to make and just get some good food. Buy, take that money and buy good food. People that work out twice a day, people like yourself that are doing something that's incredibly taxing at a very high level, they need it. You guys need it. You can, you can do it. These people don't need it. So it, it drives me nuts. And we get back to like, uh, you know, physical culture. We've got a lot of people dabbling now in things that have been around for a very long time. They're trying to put them together different ways, but they don't really have the basics of it. You know, so the last time I was here, really, we were talking and you were telling me how you, you kind of set things up in the gym, how you guys do it and, you know, what people are allowed to do, what they're not. And I think that's really interesting because what I tried to explain to you was it's not normal. Right. I think what you do is really good. It's very smart. But I also wanted you to know it's not the norm yeah. because I travel around the world. You know, I see what people do in box gyms and it's not what you guys are doing. You know, I'll say I'll say this real quick. As far as CrossFit's concerned and box gyms and, and uh, what happens, like, I know that anyone with a credit card can go get a cert and can open up a, a CrossFit gym, right? Yeah. You got 50 grand, you can call up Rogue, you can get your set up, you can throw it in a garage, you can charge people 150 bucks a month, put your cert up on the wall, call Slow yourself... Slow down, I'm taking notes. Yeah, call I'm, yourself... I'm, I'll have something open next week, guys. <laughs> Check yourself, the website. Call yourself an expert, you know what I mean? Yeah. Don't eat any bread and you're the man. And uh, that's cool. And if people want to do that, that's great. Uh, I don't concern myself with that. We don't concern ourselves with that. Me and Jay both would be doing this regardless of CrossFit. We'd be mm -hmm. teaching something else. We'd be doing something else. We did that for many years. I've been involved in physical culture and training and Olympic weightlifting. Kettlebells weren't new to me when they came out. I yeah. knew that they used them in the past. I saw pictures of them. I watched people do them. Um, you know, the only thing that CrossFit really... Uh, the reason why it kind of appealed to me and Jay is because it's finally an accepted mo fitness modality where people are doing cleans and people yeah. are doing deadlifts and people are doing pull-ups and ring dips and using kettlebells and using gymnastics rings and using medicine balls and using actual fitness equipment. So anyone who says, you know, clean as heavy as you can and that's a workout, I'm down with and, and we, can, we can definitely swap ideas, you know. So if you come to our gym... You know, every CrossFit gym and every box is run a little bit different. Obviously, we have a bit of a strength bias because mm -hmm. we come from a powerlifting background. You will run, but there will be no 5Ks. <laughs> and we will not do 10 rounds of 400-meter runs. Um, you know what I mean? If you're, if you're an athlete or a competitive CrossFitter, you might need something different than the average person. But uh, what Sean's getting at is what we were speaking of is that, you know, the scaling of these movements and the rushing that people have to think that they belong upside down against the wall trying to break their neck doing a handstand push-up won't happen in here. Yeah, and, that's, uh, and I think that's what's great. And I think it's the single, I always say, it's not the tr training modalities that are the problem. It's the it's, application. It's the application, yeah. you know? We can all sit around, if you're a fairly reasonable person, you can say there's a lot of value to doing gymnastics. Of course. You know, you want to be a more athletic person, you should do some gymnastics. Um, there's no problem with that. Olympic weightlifting or, you know, getting to a bar to develop max strength, how the hell else are you gonna do it other than, than the bar? That, that's the tool, there's no question. And being strong should be your goal. It's gotta be one of your goals for sure. It's very high up there because it will make everything else easier. Right, right before we started to record, 
uh, when we were talking, you were saying to uh, the girl that was here, I don't know how you keep getting busted, <laughs> you know, doing some of these things. And you said, it feels so easy to me. It, it's harder on my heart when we do a workout like that. And the endurance is more challenging, but you feel good. But yeah. you feel good because you have developed your strength. Strength is right? ultimately your ceiling. So if your max thrust is 300 pounds and I'm doing Fran with 95 pounds, it's 28% of my max thruster. It's that's, a good, that's a good day. You are yeah. happy. That's You're an like, easy day. I that's get to lift sub day. 30%. You know, this is a, not a bad day. You know, <laughs> I'll be hurting because of the outputs because it will be high power outputs because sure. I can move that weight very fast. And that's the purpose of CrossFit. You know what I mean? To get these this work done in a short amount of time, sure. so we yield high. But what outputs. do you do with your clients? Like, let's say, like Jay, you, you've got somebody in here who wants to do it, right? They want to do a workout. They want to do something like they want to do, uh, you know, they want to do some, something that involves an Olympic lift, and they want to go really fast. And honestly, they're not they're not at the RX, you know. Well, we definitely always want to drop the weight down to something yeah. that they can actually do. And even if they, if they can't do it with the barbell, or they don't even have proper mobility to do it with the barbell, we throw dumbbells at them. Good, yeah. Can't do it with dumbbells, we throw a medicine ball at them. Like, and what about the but what about the guy who like? Ah, but I really want to do it with the bar. You have to tell him to shut up. <laughs> yeah. You go out the door, and like, yeah. we, get, we get a couple of guys like that. And sure. They, they listen. Yeah. yeah. They listen to us because we're we're stronger dudes. Yeah. I'm sure some other coaches and other boxes have trouble saying no to people. I, you know, and I asked you specifically that because people ask me the same question because I tell them, and exactly what you said, I think is great. Like you said, look, if he doesn't even have the mobility or if she doesn't have the mobility to do it, like if you can't hold the weight overhead, you have no business trying to do it in a workout. Right. You know, especially for time. That's yeah, insanity. It's, it's insanity. It, that's it the is. problem with CrossFit. Yeah, like this is yeah. the problem where, where people don't know where to draw the line. Yeah. You know what I mean? So this is what I mean by like... Because it's a business, this is the problem. Yeah. I, and I understand if it's like you're sitting here, the lights are on, it's costing money, right? Yeah. We, we've got to get people in and the people want to do the wad. That's they right. want to work out. And this is not just CrossFit. This is any type of gym like this be, right. and any type of gym in general. I mean, if you look at a global gym, why are they set up the way they're set up? They're set up because the inmates run the asylum. Right? You go to one of these big gyms and the thing is set up not in a way to get people really healthy and fit. It's set up in a way because I know you're going to be happy. Right. It's like, what do you want to be happy? What's going to make you happy? Let's fill it with TVs. You, know, you want some TVs? You need some distracting things? I'm going to put up a big TV here. I'm going to put up a poster of a hot girl there. I'll put a hot guy over there. I'm going to, you know, you need something to hold your beverage in the machine because you're, you're having yourself like you're having a Slurpee or some other crap. You, uh, you think that um, chocolate milk and a bagel is good? I'm going to have them making chocolate milk and bagels for you, right? This is because you are letting the inmates run the assignment. They're making the choices. Now, in a gym, if you do that, it might be good financially, especially for a little while. But you're not actually teaching a damn thing to anyone. That's, that's what not makes their goal, me crazy. That's no, not that's not their goal. goal. Their goal is actually not to have anyone come. That's right. <laughs> they need, need 500,000 memberships sold. And no one shows up to use the place. Excellent. Ideally, if they know that no one will ever show up, they keep the doors closed. They turn the lights off and just put the heat to a minimum so that they don't burst the pipes. It's Canada. It's cold here. And uh, they'll make a fortune. This would be the goal of most big gyms. But in a small gym like this, I know people feel the pressure. They always ask me, my trainers say, what do I do with the guy? How do I scale it? What do I do? And I think like, you know, you kind of hit it. You're two big guys. You're two strong guys. When you go over to somebody and say, listen, you're not there yet. If you want to get there, you've got to follow this path. And you have some credibility in that because right. they can look at you and they go, yeah, you know what? I really want to, I really, I want to do what you can do. Jay, I want to do what you can do. So you say, listen, you got to go this way. And I think this is why trainers have to train. 
Oh, they must. You know? They must. And this is like like you said, and exactly. Like nobody's gonna walk in and out squat Jay or out deadlift me or yeah. out anything us pretty much, you know. Mm -hmm. Some people may at some things for sure, but um, so so that gives you credibility. And a trainer that doesn't train is a doctor that smokes, man. Yeah. Like Yeah. I have no reason to even begin to listen to you because you can't speak about something you haven't experienced, you can only experience through doing, you can read about it all you fucking want. Yeah. I, I tell people all the time, I tell people, and I don't mean this to be arrogant or sound like an asshole, but like I say, I stopped reading five years ago. I'm done. I've read the same thing over and over again by different people. Right. I get it. You know what I mean? It's not rocket science here. We're not curing cancer. Yeah. We're not, we're not, we're not reinventing the wheel. It's exercise. Yeah. It, it's, it's pretty, for, for the general population, it is shit simple. It is very simple. And when somebody's taking something to an elite level, then it gets a as a specialist, for sure. then I agree. As a specialist, as a specialist yeah. right? So, like, yeah, like for us. example, like, <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, like you guys, yes. when, when we're talking about, you know, kilos making the difference between a world champion yeah. and somebody who did a really good job. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for coming out. It was good. You traveled all the way to Russia. Yeah. You know, you did okay. Uh, then I can understand it. Same thing for, uh, you know, an Olympic athlete. Yeah. The guys who are training Olympians, yeah. we are talking about a fraction of a second. Yeah. So whatever voodoo. Same with kettlebell, they can, you know, like yeah, two reps within 10 minutes. Yeah. And apparently it takes you a month to gain a rep on you the know? kettlebell snatch in 10 not, minutes. Not <laughs> my man. You know? No, but it's the same thing. It's like at, at that level to get somebody even to a very high level of fitness, yeah. right? Yeah. That's great, but yeah. it's simple. It really is, you know, when you clean up their diet and you get them training this way with these kind of modalities in a very progressive way, you see tremendous results simply because yeah. the tools are so powerful. You know, it's just it, those movements are just so great for making you strong, so great for working the whole body. Where we get screwed up is where you get like, you know, this paralysis by analysis. It's guys will spend and women, they will spend so much time over the minutia of these little details. When they're not training an Olympian, they're not training any, no, anybody at that level. And even themselves, they're not trained to a very high level because they're sitting there wondering, what's the exact ratio I need of carbs and protein after I do this workout? Your workout is terrible. What are you worrying about? You, you know, know how, this many, ratio? how many people, and Jay can attest to this too. I mean, I'm 32 years old. He's 30 years old. We have a lot of friends that we went to high school with that never lifted a weight or stopped lifting weights at 18 years old. So now when they see us, they're like, oh my God, what are you guys doing? Yeah. I'm like, dude, remember when I worked out? Yeah. I still work out. And I kept working out for the last 15 years. I've been in the gym five days a week minimum. Yeah. So it, 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 it doesn't make sense to me when people come to me and they ask me, what's the best program? Hey, is this good? People mm -hmm. show us programs. But like, Willie, but Willie, I, I went to the gym for like four months straight. Like, <laughs> I was working out like every day for like yeah. four hours. That's not how it works. And, yeah. and I they, they should all be as big as you guys. They should all be stronger than me, yeah. uh, given the rate. So but he, people, he did go every day. People looking for... For four whole months. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, come yeah, on. That's a, long, that's, that's a long time in his life. In his life, that was, that was a major commitment. <laughs> it was. You know? Yeah. Commit you. Most people commit their underwear longer than training so uh, it's, I just spent a year cleaning up scary. my handstand so uh, yeah. you know I'm getting better control over it so the four months yeah it's not gonna do uh, too much for you know the so average people guy. looking for magical programs and magazines talking about magical programs in this 10 second program for abs it makes me laugh because you haven't done anything mm -hmm. so what the fuck is a magical program to nothing I'll tell you what do a push-up a day yeah. every day add a push-up yeah. In a year, you'll be at 365 push-ups in a row. Good luck. Yeah. Tell me if you get there. Yeah. Shit simple. I tell you, by day 30, you'll start getting hurt. You know what's been, you know what improving my squat a lot? 
Squatting. Yeah. Amazing. You know what I've been doing? I've been doing a lot of squats, right? I train with Alexander Varbanov and uh, I've been squatting and um, I have to do the programming on my own because I'm not in Toronto with him. Right. But it's pretty simple. Yeah, you and squat I would just as ask, heavy as you can. Yeah, I squat as heavy as I can go. As often as you can. As often as I can go. And I alternate between the back and the front. Yeah, that, right? Whoa. Yeah, and whoa. I, do, I do more front than I do back. Okay, it makes yeah. sense for the Olympic lifts. Yeah. And um, I don't always squat, like when he says max, max doesn't mean max, max. No, it doesn't max mean I hit day. my max. It's max for the day. So, yeah. and he just says, you know, just try to be in around like your 85% of what your real one rep max is. And, you know, if 90. you're doing, yeah, exactly, 85, yeah. 90. If you're doing that, you're, you're, pretty, you're pretty good. And well, then things will... They had a term yeah. called like MTR, like maximum training resistance yeah. for the day. Uh -huh, for the and, day. And they worked off that given, it's like auto-regulation training. Mm -hmm. Jay did it for many years, you yeah. know. But I'm not sitting there killing myself about Monday's workout because you know what I'm going to do? Squat. I'm going to go in, I'm yeah. going to squat, I'm going to do my lifts, I'm going to look at the weights yeah. I'm, as I build up to it. And depending on how I feel, you know, what time I get back tonight, how things are, I may be good for that 90, right? Yeah. I may, I may go bring it up a little bit more. I may be really damn close to my one rep max. I may break it. Yeah, I may, right? Yeah. If I, everything is going good, I might just shatter it. And then that day everything moved, right? Yeah. But it's true. Like I do see these guys that don't have the foundation. They haven't spent any time marinating in the thing. And then all of a sudden they're looking for an you answer. Can't, you can't you can't talk about something without experiencing it. Yeah. So talking about the difference between like uh, eighty five percent for five reps and eighty percent for eighty two and a half percent for six yeah. reps, it's like shut the fuck. It's like these are meaningless numbers to you. Now these things will make your ass twitch. Like chocolate milk makes my ass twitch. And uh, last time on the uh, <laughs> on the podcast we we introduced a new segment. It's things that make my ass twitch. So they're, they're, I know for myself, uh, although I'm usually in public fairly good about not admitting what's annoying me in the gym and the fitness world, although I let it out a little bit. Like the chocolate milk thing, I just had had enough because I saw on my, the reason I, I wrote that the other day was I saw on my Facebook another guy, you know, bragging about how he was just interviewed and touting the benefits of chocolate milk. So I was like, yes, yes, let's get all the sugar addicted people more sugar. And then I just, you know, I, I went on a rant. It's so, led by the, the you know, corporations of America. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know? And you wonder what, I mean, it's fine. Listen, I, like I said, it's everybody, yes, yeah. everyone, <laughs> yes, everyone should keep following all of their advice because it's great. It keeps us all in business. You know, as long as, as long as people don't but figure out what we're talking about, we'll be in the, business. I say, me say, we say this at the gym all the time. I say, the fact that me and Jay, the fact that we have a job doing this shows the state of you. Like, <laughs> you know? like yes. my job is to teach you how to not die early. Yes. My job a... is how to teach you how to move. You yes. should know how to move. I have to teach you to eat. Yeah. Yes. I, for some reason, I have to sit down and explain to you that, that loading up on as much sugar as humanly possible in every meal is bad. Yeah. And on top of that, I got to deal with people arguing with me. Yeah. You, know? <laughs> yeah, you want to have fun. Everyone who's listening, just for fun, go to the store and try to buy some meat that doesn't have sugar. Buy yourself a sausage where sugar isn't the ingredient. I'm telling you, you're going to actually have some work ahead of you. I've got to go to a particular place in Montreal to get grass-fed beef that doesn't have any junk and it doesn't have bread or sugar in it. So if you go and you're going for a sausage, you're going to see there's sugar in that. And guess what? You're going to put that in a bun. There's sugar in your bun. You had cereal in the morning. There's sugar in there. So, you know, these things drive me nuts. And there's things obviously in the gym that people do that make me crazy. And I'm sure there's things that people do here and just in general that make you crazy. Give me your number one things that make my ass twitch. <laughs> okay, that's this segment. The number one thing you see in the gym that, that's going to get some vulgar language, you're going to cross the room and you're not going to tolerate it. 
Number one? Your number, yeah, well, we'll start with your number one. Let's just start with some shit that pisses us off. Yes, okay. What pisses one you off? Yeah. Is chalk monsters. Chalk monsters. What chalk are these? Monsters. What, yes. Like What's a chalk monster? Putting chalk up to their elbows. They do burpees. Or <laughs> is like, it looks like someone's walking on their hands, but like dancing, not a straight line, just everywhere. And it's a nightmare. All right, chalk monsters. Stop it. You don't need chalk for a burpee. You don't need chalk for a burpee. This is that's CrossFit specific because in other gyms chalk's not allowed. Yeah. So. Um, All right. What's your what's your? Give, give me one of yours. Number one pet peeve. Honestly, I stay away from global gyms. I stopped. Hate. I hate trainers. <laughs> I said it. I said it. If if you have a CanFit certification and that's it, and you did it in a weekend, and you call yourself a trainer, please don't speak to me ever about training. And you've got a clipboard, you better hide it. Yeah. Look <laughs> forward to stopwatch. Yeah. It's pretty authoritative. It, yeah, it is, though. But doesn't it. it? But if you have that and a vest. Yes. With what your about name if you have it, it and a vest? You need yeah. the name. Yeah. And you know what? It's funny because <laughs> I, I, I have. No, it's fine. I, you You're know, in the it's, circle it's, of trust. It's, it's the. It's, and I'll tell you, I have some It's the fitness industry. It's, yeah. not, it's, not, it's not the no, people. I know what you mean. It's the industry that hires them. It's the, it's the big corporations that have the fucking mill of trainers. And we get it in here all the time. And I you'll, get it find it, you'll find one from the mill that's good. And yeah, I you have will. Some, you will. Some hey, of my, you were in the mill. Yeah, you were in we the mill. from the mill. So you were in there, and you yeah. were, that's why you're talking about it, because you, you, we were those there. were your co-workers. Yeah, but it, we didn't just have, like, it, it, I, I try to say this to people No, but you're time. more interested in the subject, we so have you, to, while you're there, I have are get, doing other things. I have to get the certification so I can get insurance, so I can teach sure. it. I, I don't, I haven't learned from the certification. We learn from experience. We learn from sure. doing. I learned from talking about other, like, Russian training, like this, not... I don't like to use Russian. Oh yeah, so smart. We read Russian. No, but you look everywhere. You look everywhere. Yeah, whatever. Like you know? it's just guys who studied we, we exercise. We looked it up for ourselves, not because we had to. Yeah. Yes, but exactly. because, because you wanted, we wanted to. An occupation. Yeah. We chose the occupation because it's what we love. Yeah. Yeah. I tell so people all the time when I go passion. home. Yeah. I don't read the newspaper. I read about training. Yeah. That's what I read. That's what I enjoy reading. That's that's my the kind interest. of trainer that you want to train with. Right. Right. You want to be with a guy or a girl who, if you weren't there. They'd be in the same place yeah. doing it themselves, and the only reason that you know you can actually work out with them is that they're there and they're going to say, "Okay, I'm going to give you some of my time too." So yeah. they're helping you move along the same road that they're they've moved along. I guess it's the whole fitness industry I hate. Then that's okay. <laughs> I don't like it as an industry either. I, I, I was thinking the gym when you said things that like. Yeah, your ass or oh no no! I was thinking no. of that too, but he, he took it broader. You know? I'm going like, big. I, I yeah. Tons of shit. Like, let's, <laughs> talk about, like, let's talk about the bodybuilding world. Yeah, right? sure. So you have all these women who are walking out there in bikinis, and yeah, they they're all tanned up, fake smile. You go backstage, they're vegetables in the brain because they haven't eaten anything for like three weeks. Yeah. All they're thinking about is what meal they're going to eat, and they're, they're probably going to eat it after the show, and it's going to make them sick, and they're going to throw up. And you know what? It's they're not healthy. Yeah, this is that's the thing. This it's is an interesting thing no, to they'll me. they'll come second like, unless they have fake boobs. Yeah. Then they'll win. Then they'll win. Yeah, yeah. They, generally. I, I actually know girls who have competed in, the, in, in in these things, and this is what they're told. You know, change your proportions, do this type of thing. I'm like, this is fitness. Like, yeah. this is not a representation of anything. I see. And it's and it's disgusting to me that people attribute that to fitness so that people like th this is what we project to the masses as fitness i know now look gross. i'll play devil's advocate because both of you you know are hammering on it normally i'd be on on That's your fine. side of the sofa and in fact one time in a course i said something about um 
you know, because I also I have trainers and friends who have been involved yep. in that world, and I, I've, I've, you know, seen it with them and through their eyes and through their experience. And uh, exactly what Jay hit on strikes me as the oddest thing that at their peak in in this sport that they've chosen, at their peak, they feel the worst. They feel the worst. They're the weakest that they possibly could be. People looking say, "Wow, that's physical perfection." But if I, I'm, this is, I'm dead serious. I'm not making this up to be funny. I was, um, this was a while ago. For some reason, someone had convinced me it would be a good idea to go to a trade show and stand there like an imbecile. Yeah, we and try did this to, too. Yeah, you did that before too? No, we didn't stand there. We walked around. No, well, I stood there. I had a, bo <laughs> I had a booth. So <laughs> this is what you have to do when you're introducing kettlebells in a country. So I stood there and there was also a bodybuilding contest going on. And so this uh, man and woman came by, a husband and wife team that were competing, and she was about, you know, gonna, she was going to go, I guess, on stage later that day. And she was talking to me, and she was in such bad shape from the diet and from everything that while we were talking, <laughs> I'm dead serious, a fly landed on her shoulder, she collapsed. Now, now I know, I know that, I, that it had nothing to do with the actual, but in my mind it was the, so this woman is like collapsed in front of me and I had the giggles. I couldn't stop laughing because I just saw the fly land on her and it took her right out. And I'm like, wow, seven days a week training, you've been killing yourself to the point where a fly touches you and it knocks you on your ass. And, and I agree, it's very strange and it's, I'll admit it's hard for me to understand it as someone who who spends their time trying to feel better and perform better. I don't understand putting you, you know, for a competition where I had to cut weight for a kettlebell, it was miserable. And I used to do it for fights too when I was competing uh, in, in martial arts. And it, it was just, it was awful, but at least then it was still to a much lesser degree because yeah. I wasn't looking for aesthetic. And if I was walking around within three pounds, it was a joke. I could really cut it easily, right? That's nothing. So it was nothing. I mean, you know, it was fine. But I, that world, it's very strange to me. So I kind of agree with you guys. I don't think, I don't, I don't knock the dedication. We have yeah. friends that are bodybuilders and hey, they're cool. Like I'm down with bodybuilding. I'm down, like I, anything where you're lifting. That's what I was going to say. From with. an aesthetic, like yeah. as a sculptor, I think it's very cool that they're doing human sculpting. Yeah. And some of them are very, they're incredible at it. I they I they guess, can I guess really. I guess it's incredible that you can appreciate. Them. Yeah. When you go to a bodybuilding show, there's some guys who are like, you know, it would be like 5'10", 160 pounds. Mm -hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, man, like, yeah. you just starved yourself. Yeah, essentially. It's about building muscle. That's why I wasn't trying to pick on women only. That's why no, the men I as well. talk about, like, the bikini and stuff. Because a lot of those women don't even lift weights. Yeah. They just kind of starve themselves. Yeah. Well, it is a, it's a strange vanity contest. To be honest, I don't really get it. No, I mean, I get the sense of trying to feel better. I get the sense of trying to have more confidence and all these different things. I don't really understand something that weakens you. You know? yeah, I, I think it's more the label they attach to it that bothers me, fitness figure. But I mean, whatever. Yeah. I think that, I mean, I won't plug it, but I think that CrossFit is going to change that. And I think that people will see that people can look good and perform. And, uh, you know, powerlifting too. I mean, powerlifting and strongman and these strength sports have reputations of like fat, big guys doing it. But if you look in the raw world where mm -hmm. me and Jay compete and you look at the old time physical culturists as Sean had mentioned earlier, it's like, oh, these, these guys, these were guys, were, these guys all had abs, man. These guys all look good. And just because you're, just because you have abs doesn't mean you can't be strong. You don't have to be fat to be strong. That, that, that whole powerlifting. I hate the image of fat powerlifters. How many guys look at me when I tell them I can deadlift 700 pounds or whatever? I don't even mention it anymore because yeah. they don't believe me. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? I walk around at 180 pounds. I'm not a big guy. But you're also not hitting McDonald's and having 15 cheeseburgers. No, God, no. You so know I mean? that's I that's the difference. That. Yeah. A lot of the you know people that lift and are big and heavy, they figure it doesn't matter what I eat. 
I just want to be very strong. Yeah, but they don't understand. And so their body reflects that. If you eat well and you make the choices that you make at the dinner table and then follow that by the choices you make in the gym, you're going to look a certain way. For sure. In time. In time. Yes, Because it takes time to look a certain way. It does. Yeah. You know. True true power lifters will never be like that because a true power lifter wants to stay within a weight class. That's Mm. right. Yeah. So So they're not going to get stronger without getting heavier. Yeah. We have to be relative, like strong relative to our weight. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, I think I think what you just said is true. I think uh, different things like CrossFit, um, they're showing people, listen, you can have an aesthetic even though you're not worrying about the aesthetic every that's moment right. in the gym, that's which right. is a good thing. I think that's really positive. They don't positive need aesthetic thing. at all. I mean, lots of them, I think, look fantastic. Or, or yeah. function, right? Yeah. yeah. And I think what, one of the things that happens is that's just a plug to one of our favorite sentences, for yeah. follows form. It is. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> I, I think one of the things, too, is like we're talking about the aesthetic. Well, you look like what you do. Yeah. It's that yeah. simple, you know? Yeah. I always joke around. I said, "You ever think you think a gymnast walks into a gymnastics uh, school? No, he walks up. He walks up to the coach. He says, "Hey, coach, uh, listen, I want to get those badass cap shoulders and washboard abs. What's the program?" You know, he walks in. Guy goes, "You want to do gymnastics? Yeah. Here, you start doing gymnastics, and then one day you wake up, you look in the mirror, and you go, "Holy shit, I look like a gymnast." Yeah. That's it. (laughs) It's a lot more complicated than that. Yeah. Yeah. And so, what I'd like people to start to realize is, you know, when you look at like a you know, like a female bodybuilder or fitness competitor or whatever, or a male bodybuilder, and you look at how they look, yeah. that standard, and then you look at the standard of a person who can do stuff, a person who can perform. Yeah. I think people need to shift away from from this, you know, unrealistic, peak for one day, feel like crap ideal mm-hmm. to these people that can do a ton of stuff. Yeah. I mean, so you don't need to have 25-inch biceps. Yeah, yeah even though you probably do. Yes. yes. Well, that's the funniest thing because, you know, I've got two guys now that are sitting across from me talking about bodybuilding and saying, you know, it's not just about what you look like, it's about what you can do. But you're both very muscular. You're both walking around with an extremely low percentage of body fat. And uh, what most people trying to do bodybuilding would end up look, you know, hoping they can look like. Yeah. So that's the ironic thing. That's the funny thing. And I'm sure when you walk through these doors, the last thing on your mind is the way you look. Yeah, Maybe not the last. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. No, listen. Everybody has vanity. And we all start working out. Everybody to wants to look good. Yeah, yeah, of course. Any, any guy. Who, it's you know. I once heard Gene Simmons say that you know any musician who sits there and tells you I have no interest in women and popularity. I do this liar. because I have the music. I need to get the music out of me. He says he's a fucking liar. Yeah. He picked up a guitar to get laid. Of course. So the first time you did a squat. Of course. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fine. You're like, I'm going to be a big, strong guy. Yeah. Okay? But now when you're in there squatting, you're thinking not about, ooh, I wonder what my VMO is going to look like yeah, after yeah. this. <laughs> no, you're thinking about, okay, i got to really clean up my, my technique. Last uh, set was a little bit wonky. I'm going to try this. I'm going to do that. And I got, you know, you're thinking about your practice, right. your daily practice. And I think what's really nice about that is the body goes up and down for lots of reasons, right? But the practice is always there. And if the practice is there, then, yeah, the, the body's going to come along. And if people are just obsessing over cuts of meat, you know, what does my bicep look like? What are my lats look? What does this look like? You're, it's like you're a butcher thinking about these different pieces of meat. And if that's all you think about in the gym, isn't that boring? Just thinking about meat? Yeah. I mean, as a high-level sculptor, cool. It's interesting, I guess. But if you can really have a practice about your technique and about your form, that's a lifelong study. One exercise could be a lifetime of study. I think that, I think that, the, I think that the mindset between people who think like that, who use the word practice when it comes to lifting weights is different than the mindset of a bodybuilder. Yeah. You know, like they don't even look at uh, exercise in the same uh, 
realm as we do. Do you know yeah. every exercise they do has a specific task to hit a specific body part in a sure. specific angle. People ask me all the time, what part of my body does this work? And I said, what do you feel? Yeah. I, don't, I don't care. It's irrelevant what it works. It's yeah. working. <laughs> you know what I mean? You'll get better by pull-ups. It's going to be biceps. It's going to be lats. It's going to be whatever it's going to be. Sure. I, I don't care. I, I, it's not it's highly <laughs> irrelevant yeah. to me. What I'm working the whole works. body. I'm working my body. Oh, so. oh, what, I'm working the yeah. pull-up. Yeah. You know, I'm working the bench press. When people come into the gym and they say, "What it, you know, lifters speak like this and, and uh, circus performers will speak like that. You know, Jay, what are you training today? I'm squatting. Mm -hmm. He's not training his quads. Yeah. He's not doing a leg day. No. We're training the squat, and then we train aspects of the squat around the squat mm -hmm. if we need to clean up things that are falling apart in the squat. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So. And what you're saying, like, like you know, we, we're all using the word practice. You know, I haven't worked out in years. Yeah. I've got no, in no interest in working out. I worked out years ago, right? I practice, and I practice every day. And sometimes that practice is Olympic lifting. Sometimes it's hand balancing. Sometimes, you know, it can be a kettlebell. It's whatever. But... It's practice, and inside of a practice, there's infinite possibilities, and I'm never bored. Someone says, don't you ever get bored of that? How could I get bored? It's so technical and so rich that that one exercise I'm doing at that moment is a lifetime of practice just to be amazing at that. So yeah. how could I possibly be bored? They don't see things like that, though, because they're looking for fine, like outcomes, tangible outcomes that are visually there. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. to them, a bicep curl at a different angle hits a different... Those are the least interesting to me, though. I agree. Because they're I the agree. easiest. I agree. I think it's much easier to make my arms look, you know, the way people want arms to look than it is... To do to... a one-arm pull-up? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Was sad. yeah exactly. Was to sad. do a one-arm pull-up is, is a fascinating thing, yeah. right? But it's they... interesting. It's exciting. But people and don't appreciate a progression. that much, and that's what's sad. Yeah. That is what is one of the most sad is if you did a one-arm pull-up, people would be like, wow. whoa, wow. And yeah. they won't understand. What it took, the journey. Like, Willie, Willie, yeah. Willie says like he deadlifted 716 in competition. Okay? Mm -hmm. For his body weight, that is tremendous. Yeah. Like, that's huge. That's yeah, freakish, right? Of course. But if he says that to some person, 716, he tells them 816. Mm -hmm. No difference. He tells no someone else 616. You might as well be saying booga booga. Yeah, 616 yeah. at 180 is a good deadlift. Yeah. But, uh, you tell them that they don't know. It's, so at what point is it... A, you know, society just, it sucks. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. it, you can't blame the people, you know. It's because we're so deeply involved and interwoven into this, like, tapestry of fitness that yeah. we're like, we, we understand that at different levels. So it's like talking to a rocket scientist and they're talking about rocket science. Yeah. <laughs> and I would be like, whatever, man. Yeah. Cool. Do you go up? <laughs> you does, go, a does a does rocket it, work? Is it dark? Can we see one? Yeah, like, Can we blow something yeah, up? Yeah, like, I don't know. Yeah. So... You know, you, I, I know, but then sometimes you have to step outside yourself and realize that, you know, what, what we're talking about makes sense to us and the five other people yeah. that will make sense to or, or whatever it is, you know, more than five. But, it, it, but it, it, it's, it, it's like Jay says, it's the overall, just sometimes wishing that, you know, the Hollywood or whatever you want to call it, the TV would promote a better healthier things and, and mm -hmm. better and better ideas of fitness and like he says no one would be impressed if i did a one-arm pull-up but if i walked around with 18 inch arms i'd be the man yeah i'd Actually, be the man i want everyone out there <laughs> to go into a gym put seven plates on each side and a 25 and then pick it up and squat it
Just try. Or deadlifted. <laughs> yeah, but call your ins- life insurance. Call your life insurance. <laughs> yeah, get a crane to spot. Yeah, and don't actually uh, try to squat it. Yeah. Put it on your back to see how it feels. Or, you know what, just load it on a bar and look at it. Yeah. <laughs> actually, in your <laughs> and, gym. And get, and get a sense of what that is. In your gym, if you do not have steel plates, if you have big, it may not fit on the bar. And if you're in a CrossFit gym, trying to put 700 pounds on the bar... And high temp plates might be a challenging feat. <laughs> so send us a picture. There'd be a lot of duct tape, yeah, and a lot of PVC piping coming off the end of those bars. But uh, yeah, no, it, it's just uh, it's a different world than what people are used to. And you know, I think if if anything that you know we're touched on today, like like you said, you wish that TV and other things would promote more physical culture, more healthy things. So that's what we're trying to do with the podcast. I want to give people ideas of a different world that's out there and give them a little insight into it that the people that I talk to, the people I get to train with, the people whose training I admire. And I want them to develop for themselves a practice. And part of that, like I see in a lot of CrossFit gyms now, they're using a lot of great tools. They're doing a lot of great things, but they're competing every time they come in the gym. That's not practicing. No. That's competing. People have to understand the difference between training and competing. Yes, and competition is fine. It's good. It was one of the really good things that came out of CrossFit is people got an idea that, you know, you could compete. You could kind of compete using these different cool training modalities. It was fun. It was mixed up. It was a little more exciting than just doing one exercise and devoting your life to it. You could be done in 20 minutes. Yeah, and you can be done. So there were a lot of good things. But one of the bad things is that, you know what, if every day you go in the gym, and you try to compete, that would be like you guys trying to PR every time in the gym. If you tried to PR every time you went in the gym, you would not have hit, either of you, hit the levels that you've hit. You understand that there is a progression, there is a practice, there is a discipline to iron. And that if you just go in and you ignore that discipline, you A, won't get far, and B, the iron's gonna teach you a painful lesson. That's what we say, and that's what, you know, I'll go back to the beginning of the podcast, you're talking about, you know, what do you do when somebody says, I want to do the RX weight and they can't? You know, sometimes if it's a man and I'm mm-hmm. in a bad mood, I say, go ahead. Go. Teach him a lesson. Teach him a lesson real quick. Yeah. When, when, he, when he can't pick the thing up, we can't put it above his head or it feels like it's going to kill him. Yeah. He'll take the weight off himself. Yeah. And he'll, 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 he'll scale himself. And usually a lot lighter than it's I would have It's self-correcting. It's self So, you know, it, it, you're right. Like, people that don't go through the practice and don't go through the steps, and me and Jay always have a saying. We always say, like, you must embrace the process because yeah. it's the process that will never end in mm-hmm. life. And in powerlifting, there's always more room to put another plate on the bar. You can always hold a handstand for a second longer. Yeah. You can always hold a straighter planche. You can always do a one more muscle up. Whatever it may be, there's always room for growth. And that's the fascination with this whole physical culture that, we, that we've spent our lives and our life doing. Yeah. So I think that once people grasp that and understand that, it will, it will become much more broad and make sense yeah. to people. You know? And they have to understand that I'm not going to go in. I'm not going to be a stud. And if I am, it will, it will slap you in the face really quick. And... If you don't have good shoulders, your labrums will tear, and you know what I mean. Uh, Things get, will happen. I see people learning painful lessons all the time. Yeah. You know, and, and I, I feel go sad for them. Gyms. I feel bad for them too because it's it's avoidable. It's all I can see it coming. You know, sometimes I, mean, I was in a gym and I saw a guy ourselves. deadlifting. Right, <laughs> he was deadlifting with his arm bent. Yeah, bicep tear waiting to yeah. happen. So. I was sitting there and I was watching and, uh, you know, it's none of my business. It's not my gym. And I was just a guest there and I'm just looking around and nobody's saying anything to the guy. And I, it started to just really start to bother me because I can see the future. You like you just said it, bicep tear. You, I know what's going to happen just like you know what's happening to this yeah. guy. And he was right at that. He'd been doing it for a little while. So he was right at that amount of weight 
Yeah. That was still safe for a big, strong guy. Yeah. But he was a few pounds off of going to be, you know, a rip. In two months, he's Yeah, like, in two he's, months, uh, that guy's going to be torn. So I actually called the owner over and I said, uh, hey, have you ever seen someone's bicep tear? She goes, what? No. And I said, oh, because this is crazy. I've seen it. And what will happen is it will rip. And if it, like, rips down here, it will, like, roll up like curtains into the guy's shoulder. It's the craziest thing. I once saw a guy do it. It was wild, you know? And so I'm describing it to her, and she's looking at me like I'm mental. And she's like, well, why are you telling me this? I said, because that dude in your gym yeah. is about, you know, three to four weeks, depending on how crazy he gets over the next few weeks, from doing that. Yeah. And the guy came up to me uh, after, because she went and told him, and she told him that I said it. So he came, like, stomping across the gym, and you may not have noticed, but I'm not the biggest man in the world. And, uh, you know, this is, this is like a guy about 6'1". So he looks down at me, and he's like, you said my arm was going to tear? Said, yep. <laughs> said, Why? Said, well, you're deadlifting like this with your arm all bent. I said, it's too much stress. You're going to rip right here. So I've seen people do it, and it's coming real, real soon for you. <laughs> so he's like, Really? Well, yeah, I didn't, well, I'm not making it up. <laughs> this wasn't my intro to talk to you. Like, yeah. you look cute across the room. I want to <laughs> find some sort of segue. So I'm like, yes, really. And, you know, it's like, what do I do? So take weight off, go back to the beginning, and learn how to deadlift. Keep your arms straight. I saw the guy, it was like a month and a half later, came over to me, goes, you fucked me up so bad. So what I do? I said, you fucked up my head so bad, I'm terrified to lift the weights. I said, good. Now you have some goddamn respect for what you're doing. You should thank me. You're probably not going to end up a cripple. Yeah. So she's like, but I'm so scared to even touch the weight. So good. So go do something else. Go do a 500 <laughs> burpees. And then when you feel like you can touch weight with some respect, find somebody to teach you how to properly lift them. And then begin again. It's a much better way. And he's going to get much further than training and spending a lifeline, a lifetime of training to become an old cripple. Yeah. You know, like I know you even, you've changed your training a lot because you want more mobility now. You went really far to be a specialist, but you want all these other things that are going to be nice as you age as yeah, well, right? For sure. Like, for me, yeah. it's all supposed to be about health. Yeah. So if we're supposed to be making ourselves healthy, let's not break ourselves in the gym. Healthier, stronger, better, faster. Yeah. Yeah. Everything. All those things. All those good things. Yeah. Guys, it was awesome. <laughs> I thank you both very much for taking the time to, uh, you know, curse and. You know, I was good. You were pretty good, I have to say. You were <laughs> really astoundingly... Uh, you didn't quote Mao, though. <laughs> and, uh, the first time we sat down and anything was ever recorded, Willie quoted Mao, and I, my jaw just dropped. And the only no thing I... The quotes. only thing, yeah, he was dropping communist quotes. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing I'd ever heard the guy say was, uh, no, you're squatting like a fucking idiot. And, uh, you know? And I was like, well, he's correct, but maybe that's not the most eloquent way to put it. <laughs> to to the client and uh, you know then all of a sudden he started you know doing these coming out kind of, you know, I think he and he had some philosophical quotes in there too. Just, wow, this is, this is, you know, I must this have been talking deep. to Edo for this too long deep. that day. I don't know, maybe man, but no, it was uh, it, so it, it was great, guys, and I, I hope people got a lot out of it. If got, people want to check you out, CrossFit O Town is Cro it CrossFit O Town. What's the URL? Yeah, CrossFitOtown.com. We're also under like Dynamo Fitness. .ca. So okay. DynamoFitness.ca is kind of like, Dynamo Fitness is actually the name of our gym, CrossFit Town is a part of it. Right. We have a Dynamo Barbell Club that we run uh, powerlifting out of, high-end powerlifting. That's what we're if sitting you're in right now. If you're beginning powerlifting, don't call us. If you've squatted <laughs> for a while, call us. <laughs> if you're still learning how to squat, bench, and deadlift, or you don't know what those movements are, please don't call me. Yeah. 
Um, but if you're seasoned, if you you've got a little, if bit you have of, some you know? sort of idea of what powerlifting is, and you've done some sets of five in the squat and the bench and the deadlift, then you can come. Then you can give us an email. That's cool. And then they yeah. can also check out uh, CrossFit O Town. Everyone's welcome to CrossFit. Yeah. Yeah. That's and uh, yeah, that's great. And guys, if you enjoyed the podcast, please uh, leave your comments. Uh, you can also leave comments on uh, iTunes. And we've got lots of great stuff coming. More stuff uh, coming for you from some of the great people that I get to hang out with and pick their brains. Oh, glad. Thanks a lot, Hope Sean. everybody enjoyed. Thanks, Thanks guys.